It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Brianna and Caleb. Listen in as they discuss the 2022 book, The Daughter of Dr. Moreau. Here we are, me and Brianna, yet again covering one of her book picks, this time covering The Daughter of Dr. Moreau. And it's good timing getting to this one because we're kind of kind of looking at this book as well as the original H.G. Wells, uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau, and also the 1932 Island of Lost Souls. So we're mainly going to be talking, I think, about uh, The Daughter of Dr. Moreau. Um, Except this podcast was supposed to be based on both books. Yeah, but I think the, the bulk of it will probably be talking about this, uh, the daughter of Dr. Moreau. That's fair. Yeah, which kind of takes the some of the basic concepts of that original story, but changes the setting completely and changes the focus. It's a lot less about just Dr. Moreau and um, Edward kind of stumbling on his island and discovering all of his creatures. This one starts with... Um, actually, did it start with Montgomery? Um, no, it started with Carlota. Yeah, it starts with her... And, yeah, we just kind of see the kind of sheltered, kind of programmed version of her at the start, and we see kind of a change of her as the, the book goes on. But talking about this author here, um, you told me that you read one of her previous books. Which book mm-hmm. was that? Um, Mexican Gothic. Yeah, did you feel that, like a pretty strong similarity between these two, or was it kind of a shift for? No, not really. I didn't really like the other one that I read. Yeah, and you like this one more? Yeah, I did. I thought it had um, really pretty writing. It's very, um, like, especially the descriptions of the, like, scenery and stuff. Yeah, I definitely liked all that stuff, too. Yeah, that's something I liked about both books. I thought the settings were, um, maybe I just kind of like isolated kind of island settings, even though this this wasn't quite an island. I just kind of like that that isolation. I think that's a cool setting. Yeah, I just thought the author did a really good job, like, setting the scene. The writing was really descriptive and pretty. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the the daughter character herself, did you say uh, Carlota, you you called her? (laughs) Yeah, that's her name. Oh, I was saying Carlotta in my head. That's interesting. Yeah, how do you think her, how do you think she came across as kind of shifting the lead to her perspective? I mean, the perspective was from hers and Montgomery's, not just hers. It it was equal. Yeah, but I do feel like she's more the lead than, than quite equal i disagree i disagree i i think it was completely equal i guess obviously the story was more about her but she yeah. wasn't the main protagonist well i feel like yeah the story's more about her yeah the story's about her it's called the daughter of dr moreau but i didn't feel that the story was mainly told from her perspective is what i'm saying no it's definitely not but i thought that's what you were saying to me no i, I i'm just saying i think she's more the central protagonist in montgomery 
in some ways is more of an like a, a secondary almost like assistant character to her and a lot huh. of the kind of romance stuff that happens there is i just don't see it that way yeah montgomery he arrives at the uh the hacienda when she's like around like 15 as the new major domo for the the place he's going to uh yeah, trying to get in ship shape because Moreau, he's not he's not exactly the most organized guy around. Which I feel like is a bit of a difference from the Moreau character in the other book, the original one. Yeah, and I do appreciate that in the early parts of the book at least. He seems like a much more kind of honorable man than he was portrayed in that other book. Where, and especially in the movie of The Island of Lost Souls. I mean, he's such a creep in that one. Mm-hmm. And I like how as the book goes on and more of it's revealed that that Moreau still is there. I just like how the the author kind of disguised it throughout yeah because you're seeing it mostly through the view of his daughter i mean she's the one that knows him and obviously she's not going to see him as like a bad person yeah although of course that changes as the uh the story progresses mm-hmm. yeah and what about the uh the eduardo character because he's not he's almost an analog for the edward character well he is in the original one but there's so many changes it's more even the name's not the same Mm-hmm. So it's more just kind of an ins- not inspired even it's just kind of filling in that role but very very different. In some ways, Mark- Montgomery feels more like the uh, the Edward character. Yeah, I can agree with that. But then you can think of it as just like there's a lot of backstory before Edward shows up. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Just filling in the backstory before when the the original book starts, you know. Yeah, yeah, because there's more of a, a romance angle in this book. Did you get a sense pretty early on that Montgomery was going to be more the romantic interest versus Eduardo? Mm, not really, and I wouldn't necessarily say that was the case either. No, yeah, that's true. But I, I, I was just asking, like, it, it, did you think that early on? When, no, I didn't really think so. I mean, they have quite a large age gap, and he met her when she was 14. Yeah. And, like, there was some, like feelings from him i guess but that kind of makes sense because they you know were so isolated he it's not like he was seeing other women but you know it it was still more of like uh you know he was like an older kind of like guardian figure to her for most of the time that she knew him yeah i was i definitely started to wonder if if they're gonna pair them up and i was like this is gonna be kind of weird if they do because yeah he's he's so much older and he's just kind of a big drunk asshole like it was hard to like relate with him with this kind of infatuation with her but i also didn't really i thought he was a pretty sympathetic character yeah sympathetic but in terms of his like romantic attractions to her it's like i definitely don't want this pair to end up working out mm-hmm. but the author was kind of playing with us a little bit like which one is gonna maybe not win her heart but ultimately be a better pair for her. and i was glad in the end when yeah she just kind of was not really going for either one and just kind of looking for her own uh, happiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of Eduardo, how did you think that character uh, came across? Um, I feel like it was the whole part with him was a little bit rushed. Yeah. It feels like they didn't really give time to develop um, the relationship between the two of them or any of the real conflict there. It felt like it was like rushed through because they spent so much time setting things up. Yeah, no, I I could see that, and I did feel like his um, his turn later in the book, where he started to be like much more, just kind of a big asshole and kind of creepy, mm-hmm. and like, oh, you're gonna be my mistress, and you know, I've I've worked it all out for us. You don't have any other choice. You're my possession. 
Like they kind of hinted at that with their early courting. That it was just like a prize to win. I mean, that's just how men were back then. That's how men were taught to think about women in general. Yeah, and I guess you could just fill that it's in. It's not there. like it was like abnormal. I mean, I'm not saying it was good, and I'm not saying that you know all men felt that way. But you know, it wasn't seen as like some crazy thing. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly. Uh... I'm sure how his dad viewed a lot of the women in his life growing up, just kind of, yeah, something to use there, like that. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, for that romance in general, um, since you're more of a romance fan than I am, um, did you feel like those kind of more rom- romantic scenes were played well? During courting? It, it wasn't, I mean, this wasn't a romance book. They weren't meant to be romantic scenes. But it certainly had a much more ran- romantic bent than the original book, or even the uh, the movie. But it was clearly portrayed that the romance was, like, not a good thing. Like, it it wasn't written as, like, romance scene. It was about, like, a budding romance in some parts, but... But, like, you know, you said, oh, because I'm a romance fan. Like, this... That's not how this was written. That's not how it played out. It doesn't even have the themes of, like, romantic genre. Like, it's not like I would call this book, like, a romance science fiction, you know? Like, it wasn't a romance, and the scenes portrayed some romance but not in a romantic way oh, i don't know i thought some of like their their little scenes by that uh, is it cenote is that how you say that the little kind of like a like a basin of water i thought some of those scenes played as as charming as like her kind of discovering that romantic side of her maybe not on not on eduardo's part but i thought for her i thought those scenes played nice mm, not for me I'm, i just felt like she was being taken advantage of so I don't really find it romantic to, to read about someone being taken advantage of and manipulated emotionally, you know? Yeah, but it was not, I'm not talking about what he was doing, I mean, for her kind of discovering. Cause she... Yeah, I know. We are reading it from her perspective, but you know that what's happening, although she like feels good at the time, it's not a good thing for her. And so to me, like I don't find that charming. I find it, you know, sad. That is fair. And it was definitely shitty and her dad's kind of change that he has where because of the money he becomes more about just using her as a tool to fund his research that's all he cares about mm-hmm. but she didn't see it that way and that's well yeah. she did see it that way though her dad told her that that's what he was doing and she did uh, i mean it was mentioned multiple times throughout the book quite a few times actually how she felt like she was just like a doll that was like just being mm-hmm. used she said that a lot and so I think uh, she she definitely did see it that way, that her dad was using her, and she's just kind of like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, but at least throughout the early parts of the book, she was so kind of just wrapped up in the delusion of him that I feel like she was, it was more like doing a service for her. And yeah, she didn't want to do it, but she still kind of believed in the cause in a way. To a degree, but she she always kind of disagreed with her dad about like what she wanted and that's why like not long after she started seeing eduardo she started you know plotting to cut her dad out of it mm-hmm. because she she like she loved her dad but she didn't like agree with him on like morality yeah i guess speaking of moreau himself um i really liked some of the early scenes when we were like touring his little uh laboratories mm-hmm. i thought all that stuff came across really cool visually and i liked um imagining that that kind of setting for his experiments yeah the descriptive writing was very good just in general yeah like 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 the image of his like pig incubator that he had in there that the Mm -hmm. kids end up screwing up 
I thought that was a pretty grody image. I like that. Um, and that's one of the things I always like about Violent of Lost Souls, is I feel like the imagery of the, the hybrids, I guess they call them this one, was a lot more human-oriented in the mm -hmm. movie version. I like in this one that they really amplify the more animalistic side of them. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it did make it at times difficult to for me to picture them in my head exactly what they look like, but... I did think it was interesting because I remember in the original book, he specifically said that he didn't use any human DNA. But obviously in this one and in the movie, he did. Yeah. Well, I think maybe this one in the movie kind of amplified the, the playing God and really trying to, as best as he can, approximate a human. And was it, was it hinted much that he was using his own DNA? I know that he used it for uh, Carlotta or Colota. But did he mention if he was doing that with the other hybrids as well? Um, no, but I think it was assumed. I mean, where else would he be getting human DNA? Yeah, that's fair. Well, just shipping in blood or something, stealing some of Montgomery's blood. Yeah, but they weren't getting, like, shipments. Well, I'm assuming that the animals are being shipped in, and supplies and stuff like that. But they were animals that were native to the area. And that's that's specifically why he, why he hired Montgomery, was because he's a hunter, and they, he said that the other... The other uh, Mayodormo who used to uh, who used to work there like was always having to go into town and like buy animals from poachers, but he wanted to hire Montgomery because he was a hunter. Mm -hmm. But he it also said that he wasn't you know he wasn't making like you know he wasn't like pumping them out. Yeah, yeah, maybe early on, but then after a while, his funding started to run out. Yeah, and also. In this story, like, the hybrids weren't the main thing that he wanted to focus on, it seemed like. Because, yeah, he was being funded by this this patron, uh, Hernando Lizaldi, who's Edward's dad. Or uh, Eduardo's dad, I should say. And, yeah, they were looking to get a, like, a slave labor kind of force. Which was another interesting side of that plot. The kind of, maybe, workers' rights dynamic going on in Mexico around that time. I thought a lot of that stuff was really interesting backdrop. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of uh, interesting history about uh, about Mexico in the 1800s, and a lot of uh, a lot of information about uh, Mayan culture as well, which is nice. Yeah, I really thought a lot of that stuff really helped um, bring some new life to the story. Mm -hmm. I think it was a good choice to set it in Mexico, like she did. Yeah, there was definitely lots of uh, like Spanish words that I had to look up throughout the book. But okay, what, what's that again? I think most <laughs> of the words were Mayan, not Spanish. Or Mayan. There you go. Uh, and she did comment that uh, she she chose to use um, modern Mayan spelling rather than older Mayan spelling. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that little the afterward part. Mm -hmm. Which I almost wondered if that should have been a forward, since it was discussing a lot of the the issues that we would have been reading in the book. Yeah, it might it might have been better. To have it more at the forefront as you're reading. Yeah. Can I help understand more of the political stuff at the time? Mm-hmm, because it seemed like it was quite important to the author. Yeah, and you said she was, a like, a local author, like, from Vancouver here, or...? Yeah, it said that she's from Vancouver. Oh. Yeah, cool, cool for her. Yeah, Sylvia uh, Moreno-Garcia. Yeah, I do think that she had a really good um, kind of grasp on the history, as, as far as I could tell. It, it felt really um, well-researched. And then, yeah, like you said, really nice descriptive writing. Um, I did think some of her dialogue at times felt a little odd, but that could just be her trying to write from that time period. It just sounds a little either formal or a little strange. Do you have any examples? 
Um, I remember there was one scene with um, with Montgomery and, and Carlotta. It's like the scene where she gets drunk in his room and they're potentially going to have sex, but they end up not. And for some reason, um, I think he says it like two or three times, Montgomery's like, oh, copulating with you would like change something. I wouldn't want to copulate with you. I was like, oh, that's that's weird that he would use that word. Like, why is he saying that that way? I don't remember that. Yeah, I remember there was a few other times where I just thought the, the dialogue sounded a little strange, but but otherwise, I thought the prose really served the story well. Oh, and I liked um, I liked her kind of reversion uh, on the House of Pain, where mm-hmm. the House of Pain was like in some ways it seemed like it was that place with the the skull. Yeah. But then other times it seemed like it was the church too, because in the church is where he would like preach his little like, oh, God's gift is pain, you know, when he in some ways we were made to suffer. Yeah, because it was. It was kind of just like a comparison between Christian religion versus the more tribal religion, but they're both religion. Yeah, definitely seemed there was lots of commentary on that too. With um, oh, what's that? What's that cousin's name? Isidro, I think it was, Eduardo's cousin. Um, I don't, I don't think I highlighted it. Yeah, and he was like extremely religious, and I think they said he wanted to be a priest, but mm-hmm. ended up being like a businessman instead. And yeah, he came, the first time he gets in there, he's like, oh, this place, like this painting, it seems pagan. He's looking for, for all these pagan influences everywhere. And Carlotta tries to like show that she knows the Bible, but it just like makes him more angry. So I thought that was uh, another little comment on it. Yeah, and Mon- M- Montgomery had a lot of comments about atheism as well. Mm-hmm. And what did you think about his like kind of like trauma with his uh, sister and his ex-wife? Yeah, I, I thought all that stuff worked to give him a little bit more background mm-hmm. and um, maybe explain why he's such an alcoholic. Because that, that was consistent in all those, uh, all the stories. It definitely, it definitely seemed like he drew a lot of uh, comparisons between his sister Elizabeth and Carlota. And Fanny, to some degree. To some degree, yeah. But not as much. Yeah, I liked the little, the little character note of him like writing letters to her in his head all the time. Mm-hmm. And one, one night, Carlota actually, like, heard him saying it, so he was actually <laughs> saying it out loud. Yeah, just lost in a drunken haze, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a big be curious to drink that uh, drink they kept mentioning throughout the book. I kept being like, oh, I wonder what that tastes like. <laughs> I forget how to say it. I looked it up at one point, but I, I forgot it now. It's kind of a... It's not a word that I could um, discern how to say it just from looking at it. But <laughs> you talking about aguardiente? That's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's not like uh it's not like one specific drink was it like a type of spirit or was it yeah it's a type it's a type of spirit yeah it's kind of like a generic uh word hmm. oh okay okay you know it's kind of like saying like booze not n- more specific than that but you know it's it's like saying like liquor you know oh okay hmm. maybe i've already tried it then at that point <laughs> yeah but i like that moreau even though he like kind of preaches this tries to make the hybrids and all the people there like be sort of pious in some way to be like oh like this is a greater purpose that we all serve and mm-hmm. and in some ways the the hybrids like look at him as like a deity himself but he still like gives them booze and stuff tries to keep them kind of locked down and then it turns out later on because he has to give them these injections all the time because he's like oh you know you guys are all beaten up and whatnot and my experiments kind of created genetic deformities and stuff in you Mm-hmm. And he pretends that he's giving them this like elixir to help them, but really it's just painkillers. <laughs> yeah, it's just morphine. I like that little twist too. 
Yes. Well, I I believe the main reason that he gave that to them was to make them think that they were relying on him and couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. Because they were all under the impression that they would, like, die a few days without having it. But it was actually just morphine to, like, chill them out, basically. Yeah, it sure was sad once we got to the end and figured out how much of a big scumbag he was. Mm-hmm. Because he was nice to his daughter, at least, to, to some degree. He seemed like he... Some degree. He seemed like he loved her in his own twisted version of love. Mm-hmm. But then when she's reading his journals later and he was just, like, completely just callous, just horrible. <laughs> I was like, oh no, poor Moreau, he's, what a prick. And out of the three that you read, did you have a favorite of the, or three that we um, went through? Did you like this one more than the others, or? Um, well, yeah, because the the first one is a little too slow for me. Oh, I just mean uh, the character of Moreau, sorry. Oh. Um, I mean, he was a more developed character in this one. Yeah, that's fair. To me, so it's hard to really compare like because in this in this book he was you know like a well-developed character over hundreds of pages whereas the other book was very short yeah and he was just kind of there yeah did you like him in the movie i think that's the most insidious one where he like really is like has no attachment he's just this complete (laughs) it is interesting that i mean it's obvious that the author based a lot of her ideas off of the movie uh you know, since, like, obviously, like, Carlota is, like, made out of a panther, isn't she? Which is what she is in the movie, plus her name is Loda in the movie. But I just find it interesting that the author didn't mention the movie at the end. Oh, yeah, I didn't read her little acknowledgments section. I, I figured that would be in there, though, but... No. Yeah, that is interesting, and and I'm so uh, so guided by that movie. When I was reading the original story, I kept waiting for uh, Loda or Lada to show up. Why are you obsessed with calling her Lada? I think maybe they were calling her that in the movie. I think that's it. They weren't. They were calling her Loda. Uh, no, I think they. I think almost every person pronounced it differently. No, they so. all. They all pronounced it Loda. It's just. It's just you who's hung up on calling her Carlotta, which is not a name. <laughs> um, but I always think the character of Moreau is just um an interesting one, and so. Yeah, I appreciate seeing all the different versions of him. Mm. And I didn't show you the other two movies that they made, but they do some weird stuff with him in those two as well. Yeah. Yeah, so I I think it's a a fun character. I'm I'm glad to uh, see what they did with this version. I do think this is maybe the most fleshed out one. Mm Mm-hmm. And maybe the most human. The book also had a lot of, like, uh, feminist themes as well. Like, kind of talking about, um, you know, what it meant to be a woman in that time period you know the expectations what would normally be the expectations for a woman and especially when they talked about how uh because she was like a bastard basically uh even after she was uh 21 she wouldn't be allowed to live or do things without her her dad's permission Mm -hmm. i found it interesting to to touch on that kind of stuff because we don't hear a lot about um, how things were for women in other cultures a lot of the time. And it's also interesting because, like, in some ways, you obviously, like, Mexico in the 1800s is a completely different culture from ours. But in the other side, like, you know, the people in this book were majority Europeans. So in many ways, not much different from the type of people that would have been in a Canada or America at the same time. 
Yeah, and I like how they, they do stress, like, oh, even though her dad's a Frenchman, like, she's she's too dark to be treated like other people, even mm-hmm. even in Mexico. Yeah, because colorism is a huge problem. Yeah, and I also like that Moreau would use the Bible to kind of turn her into that kind of silent puppet. You always be like, oh, don't forget, blessed are the meek. Mm-hmm. And always tra- stressing obedience. Yeah, although it, it didn't really seem like he necessarily was a pious person himself. It was just something that he used as a tool. Oh, yeah, definitely. I got the sense that, yeah, he probably wasn't religious. I mean, he would talk about, like, oh, I'm here to correct nature's mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of implying God's mistakes, so. Yeah, that's true. You know, I was surprised that, uh, I'm surprised that she didn't really make that connection earlier, but I guess she was so con- just kind of blinded by his, his aura. I mean, it's it's how she was raised. Why would she... It doesn't really make sense that she would make that connection. She had no outside influences. Yeah, no, that's fair. Well, all, all of her books and stuff that she would read. The books that her her father gave to her. Yeah. And just, like, adventure and romance books, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say, and this is a stupid complaint, um, I was waiting with bated breath for the, the Are We Not Men bit. And I understand why that wasn't included. I mean, it, it probably didn't have much place. No, it, it wouldn't have made sense for this book because the hybrids were a lot more uh, sophisticated. Yes, yeah, that's... But I was waiting for it, but I was like, ah, it's probably... At a certain point, I realized it just wasn't coming. Yeah. Um, but I did appreciate the hybrids being a lot more advanced in that way and being more of characters. Yeah, they, were, they all felt like, you know, full people. Even the ones who... Um, supposedly like had a lot more problems like the older ones they said still were able to like communicate effectively and everything yeah and i really liked um the the lupe character paired Mm -hmm. up with yeah they grew up like sisters yeah and she being able to see through more of the masks a lot better and just trying to help her sister to get there but in kind of a like angry way (laughs) yeah it's nice that it's nice that her and carlota ended up together and i don't know how i feel about the ending of the book though how uh montgomery just like went to look for the hybrids but like in a totally different country like and be like oh i'll send them to you like uh <laughs> yeah are they gonna get there <laughs> okay take a boat <laughs> you have no idea where they are <laughs> like and like they were like oh like we think that they're in british honduras but i don't know why they would have thought that really because like they asked that um mexican rebel guy to like put them somewhere and he implied that he would you know at least lead them through to to make their own own path somewhere safer well no he specifically asked them asked if he could put them in like a like an abandoned camp or somewhere that they don't use anymore and he implied that he would so why would they think that they were just like off in in british honduras well, I figure that their camps are spread all all over the place, kind of hidden in the bush. So maybe, but in a different country. Maybe the direction they're taking them would cross that border. I guess it just seemed a little random to me. Yeah, and I did think the ending felt a little like when I was reading it, since there was still the uh, acknowledgments and the uh, little history lesson bit. Hmm. I thought there was going to be one more epilogue. It'd be like Carlotta's epilogue and Montgomery's epilogue, since we kind of. Yeah bounce back and forth between their perspectives mm-hmm. and so i was a little surprised that we just ended with hers yeah yeah and it felt a little weird not to tie up montgomery's uh story emotionally as well right yeah i mean what what was it in the end he just kind of like 
accepted that they would never be together, and that was... Yeah, and just went off. <laughs> He's like, I'll bring them back to you, but then I'm leaving and restarting somewhere else. It's like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it felt a little like it didn't quite finish properly. Yeah, just in the epilogue piece, though, I thought all the, uh... Mm-hmm. Like, the big climax at Moreau's place was, was quite good. Yeah, I agree. And it did get a little bit more action-heavy than I was expecting, with the big hybrid fight... And they're going to look for the rebels. Mm -hmm. But I thought she handled it all well, all that stuff. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I thought it was nice that the rebels like Im immediately seemed to accept the hybrids, like not even really care. Yeah, and they said that that leader of the, uh, I, I forget what his name is, but that he'd at least seen one of them before. And mm -hmm. So we kind of knew that they were out there. Yeah, that makes sense because, you know, like indigenous people who are like being oppressed, you know, any, any oppressed person generally is more understanding towards other oppressed individuals. Yeah. No, that's fair. Even scary-looking monsters, like the hybrids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, by the way, I think my favorite of the, the hybrid characters was that Chiquito. Or, or yeah. Is that how you say his name? <laughs> or Chiquita, I think it is. Yeah, I thought he was a cute little character, and I liked his little, uh, little kind of bond with Montgomery. I thought that was sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and that's definitely the benefit of having so much more time than that original one did, is really flesh out all these different hybrid characters. Yeah, it is nice. I mean, there were some nice moments in that original book, like after Moreau's dead, and Edward kind of like tries to reestablish himself as the power, but no one really accepts him as that. Mm -hmm. And then once he gives up, they're like, okay, well, we'll give you food too, you know, you're one of us now, kind of, so. <laughs> yeah. I really liked that in that original book. Yeah, I think the ending of the book was my favorite part of it. Yeah, and I will say for all, all three of these, I definitely think this the story holds up for all of them. I recommend all of them. Mm-hmm. And maybe the original one it does feel a little bit old school. Like, maybe it'd be difficult for modern readers to really get all that into it. Yeah, and it is. Yeah, it's kind of slow. And it feels like not a lot is really happening. Yeah, because yeah, there's a lot of just, like, downtime with our characters being like, oh, like, learning about what's going on, but yeah, not a lot of plots happening. Yeah. And it was kind of epistolary as well, was it not? Um, yeah, but it had more of a dramatic kind of flair to it, it wasn't. Yeah, but still, it was supposed to be like a letter. Yeah, or at least like a, little, like a mini autobiography. Like, this is my account of what happened. Yeah, but he sent it as a letter. Yeah. Yeah, and for that kind of style, I felt it a lot more engaging than something like, uh, like Bram Stoker's Dracula or something like mm -hmm. that, which is really dry. Yeah, that's fair. Or um, Frankenstein. Yeah, Frankenstein. Yeah, I didn't want to diss that one because... Why? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like that one feels more engaging than some of the worst of those kind of epistolary books. That's fair. Well, have you ever even finished Frankenstein? No, I've only gotten to like 60% through it. And yet it's more engaging? Yeah, I never finished Dracula either. I could not finish that one. I finished Frankenstein. How are we going to do our... our our podcast on the uh the daughter of frankenstein <laughs> it's called um the dark descent of elizabeth frankenstein oh okay that one mm. oh yeah and i wanted to mention yeah these kind of um reimaginings of, of classic stories yeah you mentioned that you're a fan of those and this is kind of the first one that i've read mm -hmm. do they all usually branch out so much and kind of change elements or are they more or is this more of a an abnormality or no they they all do i mean the whole point is bringing a fresh perspective to the to the like bones of the story 
Okay, that's... Yeah, and I could see it being more interesting than maybe I gave it credit for. And maybe that's just... What were you imagining? Hmm. I'm trying to think. There's a couple movies that I can think of that do this. And I always thought it was, like, just weird. But I, I can't think of them off the top of my head right now. But I don't know. I was just imagining less, like, a complete reinvention of the story. Like, I thought it'd be more like, take the story and just kind of fill in around the edges with these new bits. Mm. But this one, the whole thing's so different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I like about retellings and reimaginings. Um, and just, um, I guess you can say, like, books inspired by other books. Uh, it's just, you know, I think that it's neat to take, um, to take one story and, like, just write your own take on it. And I think it takes, you know, quite a bit of talent to be able to rewrite a story without feeling like it's, like, plagiarism. <laughs> yeah, at certain points I was wondering if she could have just written this as a regular book and not have it attached to that other story. Well, that wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, that's that's what I ultimately came down to. But I was like, oh, you know, it seems like this is so different that maybe she could do her own thing with it. But at a certain point I was like, oh, no, actually, it, it, it does have too much of a connection. Yeah. But no, yeah, I think that works, and yeah, I definitely appreciate the the new kind of paint job on the, the story, and I feel like it really was worthy of its own its own story. Yeah, it was good. Many other little straggling threads there. Oh, um, <laughs> I liked the the Ramona character as kind of like the more motherly side of the Moreau dynamic. Yeah, and that was also the the lens through which we could see some of the like Mayan culture. Yeah. Yeah, which I thought was fun. Yeah. Um, and I liked that she was the one who kind of taught the hybrids. Because once they were done, Moreau just kind of, like, abandoned them. He's like, okay, you're done. Get over there. Not just her, though, but also Carlota, like, taught them how to read and stuff, too. Yeah, like, they said that Montgomery would, like, when he's reading his newspaper, he'd, like, point to a letter and try to get it to mm-hmm. uh, the Chiquita. I, I, yeah, I thought that was that was sweet, too. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely a big comment for this book. There's lots of little nice details. There's lots of time to kind of let it all breathe. Mm-hmm. Because in this one, also not a ton of stuff is happening throughout the book. It's not really until a bit later when things start to really pick up. There's just a lot of downtime. Yep, that's true. The beginning is a little slow, but like it's really it's written in a really nice way. Yeah, it's kind of like a hangout book. You're just kind of sitting there just kind of soaking in the environment with these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes that can be a nice thing to read. Yeah, I, I, I liked it quite a bit. And I would like to do more uh, reimaginings together. Sure. I did think it was a little too um, silly, almost, um, right at the end when the lawyer was like, oh, I don't know if we can give you this money. What if you spend it all on pretty dresses? <laughs> like, I, I got what they were trying to do with that, and I could see a man, like, in those times, totally genuinely saying something like that, but it just felt the way that it came across a little bit too too much, too silly. Yeah, I did kind of, I was like, oh, fuck, what an asshole this guy is. Yeah. And then I was also um, surprised that Lupe could get away with just, like, wearing a veil, because I pictured her much more animal-like. I don't know. And I guess she's probably wearing gloves, too. Yeah, and people generally, you know, if they don't understand something, they just shrug it off. Yeah, that's true. They could have been like, oh. It's not like someone's going to see her and be like, oh my god, that looks like an animal-human hybrid, because that doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Probably just think it was like a... A deformity. Yeah. Yeah, and I like that they, uh, or or not like, but I I think it's interesting that they made her 
uh, remove her name. They're like, we'll give you all that stuff, but you have to never contact us again and just abandon your name. Yeah, it is interesting. It makes me uh, wish that they'd given us a little bit more about like, like what the Moreau family was like. Yeah, I did have some, some curiosity about that. But I guess it probably wouldn't have added that much. Yeah, but it's... It is interesting. And also interesting that, like, in this book, they made Moreau, you know, kind of, like, really poor. Like, he didn't really have anything to his name. He didn't own, like, his land or his anything. Whereas, like, in the book and the movie, you would assume that he owns that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, not like it was said, but you would assume. Uh, but But then, in the end, even though he was kind of just, like in a ton of debt and super poor he actually did come from a wealthy family he just didn't have access to money yeah and it wasn't it because he was like shamed back in france and he had to like leave quickly yeah i think so <laughs> well i think he said that like a dog like a cut up dog escaped into the streets mm. so yeah yikes <laughs> oh but yeah i feel like that's come to the end of my notes too so i guess we could if you if you'd like to do final thoughts i know you said that you usually don't like to do those i don't like doing that Oh, I'll just say it for me. Um, yeah, as someone who, just reading the concept of this book, most likely wouldn't have had much interest to read it. Uh, maybe a little bit more than some of the other reimaginings, just because I have such an attachment to that uh, Moreau story. Um, but I definitely feel like it was worth reading, and do you think they would make a good movie? Because I was thinking about that, trying to picture it. Yeah, I think it would. I, I, I could picture it as a movie for sure. Yeah. And I think I feel like these reimaginings do get picked up to be turned to film sometimes, so... I've never seen one. Yeah, again, I'm, I'm trying to think of what they are, but... But either way, I, I could see this being a movie, and yeah, I, I'd definitely go see that if it did come out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, cheers again, Brianna, for another pick. Definitely enjoyed reading this one. And um, do you have another pick that you want to tease for the audience, or or just save it for another day? Um, Yeah, we'll save it for another day. Sure. Well, thanks for, for coming on, and uh, yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Mm-hmm.